Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, it is head coach rankings week for 2022. Uh, The episodes this week will be available both in podcast form and on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to let us know your thoughts on our rankings in the comments below and give the video a thumbs up if you uh, enjoy our content. We're going to start out here with the ACC. Ryan, who is the unlucky person to be the worst head coach in the ACC? Yeah. Yeah. I'd take his job, though. I mean, I would take the, 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 the money for sure. Be called the worst. No doubt about it. Hey, of course. I'll get paid to be bad. Uh, all right. You got Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. Sorry, Georgia Tech. Um, he just hasn't panned out very well so far. Uh, he's been there three years, three wins in each of those three years. So no real improvement from year to year you would like to see. Um, and even going back a little bit here just to his days at Temple, um, he was there for two years as the head coach. And they went 15 and 10, which not bad at Temple, but... Keep in mind, they had just won 10 games the year after, before he got there with Matt Rule as the head coach. So they actually got a little worse after he took over. Um, you know, I'm not sure they're going to be all that great this year. They lost Jameer Gibbs, a talented running back to Bama. It's just not really setting up for them to, to be all that much better. So, sorry. It's just not, not a good start for, for Collins. No, I thought they'd be better with him, but hasn't panned out. Me too. Next is Brent Pry of Virginia Tech. He's a he's a big unknown since he he has lots of coaching experience but but never a head coach. He's been the Penn State defensive coordinator the past five or six years and he did lead a very good uh, defense there. And Virginia Tech, I mean, it's a good job, but there it's kind of coming into a time when the ACC is fairly deep. Schools like Miami seem like they're going to be back relevant again in the near future. Uh, and Fuentes recruiting. It really dropped the last few years, and they haven't had a top 25 class since 2018. So the cupboard isn't necessarily loaded as he's walking in the door. Uh, they got a young offensive coordinator, kind of unknown 32-year-old Tyler Bowen. Uh, and that side of the ball really needs to improve for him to have a good start to the his campaign. Okay, moving on to the next uh, first-time head coach. We've got Mike Elko at Duke. He's done a great job as a defensive coordinator at Wake Forest, Notre Dame, most recently Texas A&M, did a really good job there. Um, first time as a head coach, though, like I said, so it's hard to rank him you know, much higher on this list when you've got a lot of coaches who have proven to at least be solid. So um, he's 12th, but it's a sensible hire for, for Duke. Yeah. Yep, for sure. I, I thought that was a good hire for Duke. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, moving on to number 11, yet another first-year head coach. We got Tony Elliott from Virginia. Uh, it's tough to judge, of course. No no, no, no head coaching experience. Obviously had a good amount of success as an offensive coordinator at Clemson for about a decade. Um, but most of those years, he was the co-offensive coordinator with, with Jeff Scott, um, who left to be the head coach at South Florida a couple years back. Um, so the only two years that Elliott was the sole offensive coordinator were the last two. And this past year was pretty bad on offense. So it's not coming at the best of times to hire Elliott, but I still think he's going to do pretty well. Um, I still think relatively high of him. You know, he's a great recruiter, learned how to run a program from, from Dabo. So, um, I mean, I think he'll do fine there, but hard to put him much higher than this. Number 10, we got Dino Babers of Syracuse. He's on the hot seat again. Um, since that, that 2018 breakout year, He's gone five and seven, one and ten, and five and seven. Only won five ACC games during that span. You know, he shook up the staff a little bit this this offseason, hoping that the team 
kind of rallies around that. They had a strong amount, or they do have a strong amount of returning production that could potentially lead to a, a turnaround year. But it's it's really hard to put Babers any higher on this list, given that he only has one winning season in his six years at Syracuse. Okay, number nine on the list. I don't know if this will be a, a controversial one or not, but it's Mike Norvell of Florida State. This one's tough because you, you got to factor in his stretch at Memphis, uh, which was you know, he had a good record there, but it's also hard to know just how much credit to give him for that because he yep. inherited a really good thing from Justin Fuente. So kind of hard to judge there. And then as far as Florida State, he took over a horrible situation. And we're still kind of in that period of time where it's just it hasn't been decided yet. We don't know. Like this could go this year will be really big for him if they go eight and four and he brings in another and he brings in a good recruiting class, then he'll probably shoot up this list a little bit. If they go five and seven, he might get fired. So could really yeah. swing either way. But Ryan, you were by far the lowest on him. Yeah, you've kind of already thrown in the towel. It seems like you had him thirteenth. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I'm trying to think about it comparative to what other coaches would have done in the situation that he's been in here the past couple of years, and I just think he's hand, he's done about as bad as job as most of these coaches would do. Um, so his first two years, they're worse. Then Willie Taggart's two years at Florida State, a worse record. I mean, and they got rid of Taggart after two years. So that's not a good sign. Uh, the recruiting has actually slightly gotten worse. I know he's bringing in a lot more transfers, but that hasn't exactly panned out all that well yet. And I'm just not all convinced that they're going to be that great this year. Jordan Travis comes back. Yeah, but not the greatest arm. He can definitely run the ball, but I'm not convinced that that's going to be all that great. So defense has struggled. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be that good this year. Okay. <laughs> Florida State comments. Sorry. Bring Sorry. them on. Yes. <laughs> All right. Moving on to number eight. We have uh, Jeff Halfley uh, from Boston College. Um, so he's won six games in his first two years there. Um, so not a, not a bad start. Nothing nothing to write, to write home about. But I think that this year could be a, a solid year for him. They're, the schedule sets up, I think, pretty well. I think they can improve on that six. Maybe get seven, push to eight. If things go their way, Phil Dracovic is back at quarterback, which is big because um, they are clearly a m far more competent team with him as the quarterback rather than Dennis Grozel, who just didn't have it. Um, they also have a nice running back coming back, Patrick Garwell, who ran for over a thousand yards, a flowers, good receiver, big play guy. So it's a nice trio to build around. They do have to rebuild the old line a little bit and defense needs a little help. But with the way their schedule sets up, you know, it could be good. And I think Taffley will kind of he's slowly getting them to, to to get a little bit better yeah it's a I big like year for him i mean halfly go ahead try sorry i was just gonna say it's a big year for him because it's year three uh they have the two six win a uh, seasons but only two acc wins last year um and you know i know they weren't fully healthy at quarterback at all times but that offense really needs to take a jump uh and I guess the defense, if they want to propel to the next level. So I will say to his credit, he has upped their recruiting a little bit, um, but now they just need to translate that to wins. Yeah, I really like him because of the recruiting. He has really, really elevated their recruiting. And and it's unfortunate last year that Jerkovic was hurt uh, in, in the middle of the season because yeah. I think last year he could have gained a little bit of goodwill, maybe had a seven, possibly eight win season. Um, and, and that would have been nice to kind of jumpstart the program. But as it is, on the field, the results have not been there yet. They've just been fine. But I, I do think he has them headed in the right direction. All right, moving on. Number seven, we have Scott Satterfield of Louisville. I'm a fan of Satterfield, uh, especially after what he did at App State. 
uh, and and how he started at Louisville. But you know, to me, when we're looking at this list next year, he's either around the top five or he might be gone. Uh, <laughs> this is it's a big year for him. Uh, he's had his share of controversy. Needs the wins this year in the worst way. Um, there, there's a lot to like about this this team's offense next year. Cunningham's back, weapons around him. They return a lot on that side, but the defense has been really poor recently. So if they can if they can improve a little bit, I mean, maybe the offense masks some of the inefficiency on defense. But and if they do, I think if the defense does, then Satterfield, Louisville, uh, they could really climb the ladder in the ACC. But Michael, you had you were high on him. Yeah, I had him fourth. I I just really like Satterfield. I, I definitely still factor in what he did at App State, like you said, taking them from FCS to FBS and almost immediately dominating the Sun Belt for several years, just winning ten games almost every year. So, and then <laughs> coming to to uh, App or to Louisville and immediately making them a lot better. I know the last two years the record hasn't been quite what they wanted, but they are one and eight in games decided by a touchdown the last two years. So. I think if if they hit, they had more average luck, then we might not be talking about him. And and of course, if he had not flirted with the South Carolina job, then yeah. we wouldn't be talking about pressure on him to succeed. But now there, you're right. There is there is pressure. But uh, but I'm bullish on them this upcoming season. The last couple of years, maybe not so lucky with wins. Um, the first year they were they really maxed out on the total wins they could have got. And he so the the three years there, he's got a losing record. He's eighteen to nineteen. Which isn't isn't that great, and he was gifted Cunningham, uh, an elite playmaking QB, uh, and still not hasn't panned out very all that well uh, record wise. I'm not. I, listen, I'm not low on him, but I'm. I guess I guess I'm lower than you on a mic. But and also the I don't think he's just recruiting at a high enough level to kind of make up for some of the lack of. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen after Cunningham. Let's say they have a decent year this year because Cunningham's just really darn good. I, I want to see what's life after that. What 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 happens at, then? But you know, he's he like Trey said, he needs a good year this year. Okay, number six is Dave Doran at NC State, and if I give him a pass for his first year, which I I typically do for most coaches, NC State is sixty one and forty overall in his tenure, and thirty four and thirty two in ACC play. So overall solid, but. That's not, I wouldn't say, significantly outperforming what you'd expect from from NC State. But last year, the team was really good. They were 9-3, and three, and they are 12th in the nation in returning production. So headed into this year, they look like they're going to be really good again. So you kind of factor that into your uh, ranking. So yeah, I'm definitely feeling a lot better about him now than I was two years ago, was it, when they went 4-8? and eight? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll be the first to admit he's improved in my eyes. Um, I wasn't overly high on him, but... Uh, uh, this this team though coming up, it kind of reminds you of a few years back when they returned everyone on defense. They had high expectations, and they kind of they didn't live up to them. So for NC State fans, I hope they can this year. Yeah, and I I, I give them credit for longevity there, man. Nine years in, that's not easy to do. Consistently fielding good teams, and maybe not elite, but that's that's a kind of accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah, surviving the job is that mm-hmm. you got there's something to be said for that. That's why I didn't have Dino Babers last. Like he's he's survived for <laughs> well, whatever, 6 or 7 years there. Not hard at Syracuse, just get one winning year and boom, you're set for quite a while. Yeah. Apparently. Uh all right, let's move on to um Pat Narduzzi at number 5. Um of course head coach at Pitt. Um he certainly improved his rating after the year they just had there. 
Although I'm not sure if you look at the list, I would have put him like before this past year. I, I, I should have looked back to what I put him last year. Probably not too much lower. Uh, but anyways, six out of the seven years he's been there, they've been bowl eligible. And the thing with him, though, is he, he actually does well in the ACC. He's 36 and 22 uh, during his seven years there. So that's a very good conference record there at Pitt. Um, just, but he's 17 and 15 in the non-conference. Well, you, isn't that kind of weird? Like, that is odd. I think yeah, an you... ACC school, like big Power Five team, would be better in the non-conference. But nope, not not them. Um, and and now he can say he's one of two coaches uh, in the conference that has won an ACC title. So he and he and Dabo. That's something. But Michael, it's you. You had him a little lower than us. I guess you had him at eighth. Which I had him eighth. I, I don't no, think I'm, the little, diff- I'm questioning that a little bit. Well. Uh, first of all, I don't think the difference between fifth and eighth in this conference is, is very much, but I'll make my case for why I, I did have him there. My thought was that up until this past season, he had a warm seat, you know, like he, he definitely was not like the fans were antsy for sure with, with mm-hmm. Narduzzi um, because his, his first six seasons there, he averaged seven wins and 5.6 losses, which is fine, but not great. So I guess I just want to see more than one year. Obviously it was a great year. They won the ACC and they bring, you know, other than Kenny Pickett, they bring a good amount back. So it might happen again, but I'm just waiting to see if, if last year was an aberration and if it isn't, then I'll, I'll probably move them up. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on to number four, Dave Clawson of Wake Forest. Uh, you know, it seems like people are starting to, you know, realize that he's one of the better coaches out there. He was the ACC coach of the year. He led Wake Forest Wake Forest to the ACC title game last year, which is remarkable. Um, he should have another stellar offense this upcoming year. Unfortunately, the defense might let him down, but that's kind of been the theme recently. But he's taken them to six straight bowl games. To put that in context, Wake Forest had only been to nine in its history before him. So he seems to always do a lot with a little, and that, to me, when I'm ranking a coach, means something. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, dude. It's done an unbelievable job there. I mean, the first two years he was there, he was just getting things on track. They were pretty bad years. I think they went three and nine or something both those years. But ever since then, 45 and 30. That's a, that's a good mark for the Demon Deeks. Can I, uh, can I spit out a hot take here? I've, I've been sitting on this one. Please. Everyone, everyone talks about, I'm preface it by saying, I think that Dave Clausen is a very good coach. But it seems like, you go on Twitter. I literally searched on Twitter, Dave Clawson and underrated. And there is just a stream of tweets. There's so many, so many tweets. You always hear everyone talk about Kirk Herbstreet, everyone saying how underrated Dave Clawson is to the point where I don't, I think he might be overrated at this point. <laughs> I think he's good. You can be good and overrated. I think maybe he's a little overrated by, by diehard college football It's fans. become cliche maybe. to say that. I think he's just labeled the underrated, obviously, still because he's still at Wake. Right. Like, well, okay. Why hasn't you know some big school taken them? That's that's true. That that's true. But I have a couple stats here that maybe support my claim that he's overrated. So, all right. Dave Clawson <laughs> at Bowling Green. All right, the, he was at Bowling Green before Wake Forest. He was there for five years. His record in MAC play was twenty three and seventeen. The previous five years, the, the coach before him, Greg Brandon, they were twenty four and sixteen. So they're actually better the five years before he got there. Uh, in the Mac. Now at Wake, he's been at Wake for eight years. His record in ACC play is 26 and 38. The previous eight years under Jim Grobe, they were 29 and 35. Now there's no context to those stats, but it's still, yes, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. No, and Jim, Jim Grobe was good too, but well, yeah, true. I hear That's you. true. 
Yeah, Jim Grubb did do a good job. He led him to an ACC title appearance. All right. As well. well, just um, what I'm saying is that Dave Clawson sucks. Yeah, yeah. Number yeah, three. Like. <laughs> Number three is Mac Brown at North Carolina. Took over a team that had just gone three and nine, two and nine. Was not a good situation. Immediately turned them around. Made the Orange Bowl in year two. Has them recruiting consistently in the top fifteen. So that's kind of raising their ceiling moving forward. Yes, last year was was disappointing given you know they had Sam Howell and and given the way recruiting has been but he, still overall his 3 years so far he has done way better than you would have expected really anybody who took that job to do yeah that's completely true and i think what also gives them that number 3 spot is just the the possibility of the upside that still remains with him i think you kind of know with some of these other coaches like okay it's a it's probably about as good as you're going to do um, but with that recruiting um, that he brings in with that talent, there's still potential, and it's still early enough in his tenure there that okay, this could still be a very, very good situation for North Carolina. Maybe sooner rather than later. Yep, go heels. All right, cool. Uh, number two, a new a newbie to the ACC. Uh, we got Mario Cristobal at Miami now. A um, couple of Pac-12 titles, sort of um, at, at Oregon. <laughs> Uh, 35 and 13 overall there killed it in recruiting was really had Oregon as the top dog um, in the Pac-12 which you know as a, as a good accomplishment and he's I would imagine he's going to have some great recruiting classes there at the U um, and just I'd be surprised if they just doesn't have them competitive really quickly uh, I think he's a good coach I think he really focuses well on the lines I think he makes good decisions about who he hires so I think they're, they're, they're invested a lot in him I'm ready for Cristobal to have a lot of success there. That's that's kind of the reason that I have him high because the re- because the fact that the university is so willing to invest in him and the staff and the program right now, all things seem to really be aligning at the right time. So that's why I kind of had him higher. And on top of what you said, Ryan, about his his days at Oregon. And if I if I were a fan of any big time program, he's exactly the type of coach that I would want. One that is like. We're going to go, he's just a maniac of a recruiter. And that's that's what you need to do to try and compete with the Clemsons or Alabama's Georgias. You need to be able to recruit at their level, and he gives you a chance. Yep. All right. Number one, of course, is Dabo Sweeney of Clemson. You know, and, and people, you know, just assume that Clemson had a miserable year since they, they weren't in the playoff again after six straight seasons. Now, I know they underachieved, and the offense did look putrid at, at times, but they ended up winning 10 games. Uh, they still have a bunch of talent. They're going to be one of the the favorites uh, to, to win the ACC, get in the playoff again next year. So he's established himself at number one for a while. Uh, but it is going to be interesting to see him operate kind of in this new day and age of college football, as well as without his two coordinators, Elliott and Venables, who have been by his side for so long. Yeah, especially the defensive one there for me. I mean, they were already bad on offense, but no Venables anymore. This is uh, this is his time to show that he's like Saban and that it doesn't matter who he's with, he's going to continue to have an elite program. So it's we'll see. It's a crossroads, yeah. Like, I, I yeah. would not bet my life that they're going to continue to be that team that makes the playoff every year. I would bet my life that Georgia is going to continue being great and Alabama, but Clemson, it's just... A little bit of a crossroads here, especially with him not taking transfers. There's there's all sorts of little question marks. Yeah, that's that's a little weird. But. Obviously, everything he's done, he clearly deserves to be number one here. And like Trey said, it's not like last year was that bad. 
three losses as, as your wins, down yeah, season, yeah. Yeah. most programs would take that. Uh, but let's take a look at the the full list of ACC coaches here. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, any thoughts, Ryan? Just overall. I mean, I, you know, you're, I would look at all these uh, going doing through all these lists that we're doing, and I mean, I, I guess we haven't gone a ton of research on the other ones yet, going top to bottom. But I mean, this isn't the strongest the group of coaches in my eyes. We have a lot of new 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 year coaches that haven't had proven commodities yet, and some other coaches that might be on the brink of getting let go. I don't know. I'm not, um, not, not the highest on this overall. Interesting. Cause I, I kind of look at it from a, a different lens. I I'm fascinated by how the ACC seemed in my eyes to change its perception in a short period. Like a couple years back, the coaching list in my opinion was kind of, kind of meh after the, after the top few, but you know, just cause everyone was chasing Clemson. Now this list, I think it's like fairly strong. I guess maybe I'm just looking at it in terms of, uh, the team strength has gotten better, so maybe I'm giving credit to the coaches. I don't know, there. It's, it's deeper, I guess, because Clemson's come back down to earth, and some of the poor, poor teams maybe have lifted a bit. But I still think overall. But I mean, I like wasn't as high on. I used to not be high on Doran and uh, Narduzzi, mm-hmm. and and I just yeah. think some guys have have elevated. Yeah, and Clawson is even elevated, even though he was always good, but this past year was yeah. really good. So. Yeah, I, I think the top eight or nine um, is pretty good. But then, Ryan, like you said, there's five coaches in this league that are either new, yeah. so you just can't really make much of a judgment, or are struggling. So uh, that's yeah, I I agree more there. than some other conferences. But True that. Fair enough. Anyway, yeah. that'll do it for today's episode of the College Football Bros. Again, let us know your your thoughts in the comments on youtube and give the video a thumbs up subscribe if you like college football and subscribe because the next five or six days we've got coach rankings episodes every single day so hope you enjoy that and we'll be back tomorrow with our big 12 rankings see you then you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.